TED Audio Collective. In last week's episode, you heard the first of a two-part conversation with Deepa Pershafaman, co-founder of N-Formation, an affinity space for women of color corporate leaders who deeply understand what it feels like to work in environments that are predominantly white and predominantly male. Deepa suggested some ways that women can advocate for themselves in workplace situations where they're undervalued, discriminated against, and overlooked. I also share some tips about how to be your best self when you face inappropriate comments at work. If you missed it, you might want to go back and take a listen. Because this week, we focus on how to bring your full self, your best self, to work more regularly. I'm Madhupa Akinola. This is TED Business. In this portion of Deepa's interview, she talks about the power of truly being yourself at work with one of the women featured in her book entitled, The First, The Few, The Only, How Women of Color Can Redefine Power in Corporate America. Then after the interview, I'll share some research that highlights the many ways we hide aspects of ourselves at work and how so much of it stems from fear. But first, a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash thematic investing. Hey, TED Business listeners, we're supported by our friends at Working Smarter, a new podcast from Dropbox exploring the exciting potential of AI in the workplace. Working Smarter talks with founders, researchers, and engineers about the things they're building and the problems they're solving with the help of the latest AI tools. Tools that can save them time, improve collaboration, and create more space for the work that matters most. On Working Smarter, hear practical discussions about what AI can do so that you can work smarter too. Listen to Working Smarter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit workingsmarter.ai. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. The book seems like, in your writing of it, women of color were really at the center of it, were really um, a big part of how you you frame this book. Um, But 
I'm interested to hear sort of what the response has been from allies and people who are, are not part of that community. I think a lot of these concepts apply outside of women of color. I've had a lot of white male leaders reaching out, to be honest with you. It's still early. The book is just getting into people's hands. But the ones who have read it have found it shocking and surprising. They always thought they were good allies. And so the information in the stories is really helpful to them. But they're also saying to me, work's not working for them either. And I think that's a really important concept. Like, So people of my generation and younger white men, you know, want to raise their children, want to be home more, want to, you know, have more flexibility. I think the setup of work is something that's not working for a lot of us. There's a thread throughout the book around permission. I think we all have to give ourselves permission and give each other permission to talk about things that, you know, we're told not to talk about, things we're taught to believe. And so much of what this book is about is rewriting success and rewriting leadership. My, my parents were immigrants to this country. So being the child of immigrants, you are taught to, to work hard and, you know, sacrifice a lot to kind of move ahead and find stability. And so I just think it's part of like understanding that some of these things are things we're all taught and that we need to rewrite them for everybody. We have another um, another voice, um, another woman, uh, Sophia, who uh, is here to share her story as well. And I think it'll be great to um, to hear from her. Hi, Sophia. And um, I actually name you in the book. So you are named in the book. So we, I should just say that in the beginning. Um, I'd love if you would share a little bit of, you know, as a woman of color navigating workspaces, um, an example of when you didn't feel powerful or how you kind of navigate power. We can unpack that a little bit. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. This conversation is like giving me shivers. Um, my family and I, we came to the States when I was five years old. And as so many first generation immigrants, you know, we poured everything into kind of embodying that model minority and working really hard and assimilating and, and all to secure some social capital within a new country, right? And then I don't think it was until my early 30s when I started really reaching some heights in my career. And in the middle of all of that success, there was the sense that something was missing. For me, a lot of the work and the pivot came in taking a step back and going on this healing journey of, of reclaiming the intrinsic pride and belonging and sense of self-worth that didn't come from being productive or um, achieving my professional goals. It came from um, an understanding of where I came from and my heritage and um, these kind of deeper aspects of my identity. So along the way, I started a social enterprise um, called The Same Sky, and we now work with multi-generational artisans in India and Africa. Uh, we provide them with a dignified livelihood, and we create accessories that help all of us kind of celebrate the, the ways that our identities are, are unique and meaningful outside of just being productive. <laughs> I know so many women of color I interviewed who won't talk about what they do on the weekends or won't share that they speak another language or won't bring their art. That was one, one black woman who was, you know, told me a long story about how she wanted to bring all her black art to the office, but she didn't want to highlight her differences. And she had a real struggle about whether or not she should share that. We need to really, you know, we need to shed things that don't work for us, but we also need to remember that we actually get our power from who we are and our lineage and where we come from and our histories. It was so fascinating to me in the 500 women I met 
and I interviewed was the pattern that I saw that the most senior women, like the ones that really reached like the C-suite or the top, a lot of them had told themselves, I'm going to conform. I'll let certain things go. And once I get to the top, that's when I'll be myself. That's when I'll have power and I'll do it my way. And unfortunately, a lot of those women would share with me they had less ability and less power to do it their way and could less conform, less bring in the art, less do the hair the way they wanted at those senior levels because there was even more pressure to behave in a certain way around what leadership looked like and style looked like. And so I think part of the message of the book and part of what I think you're also sharing in your story is we need to find power as we go and we need to remember and not think it's something we'll find later. Like if you don't feel powerful as you're rising in the structure, it's very unlikely you're going to ultimately get to the seat and feel powerful because you won't know how to find your power and access your power and your power comes from inside in your history. Yeah, absolutely. No, the cognitive dissonance just grows. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you for sharing your story. As you're going, doing this work, having these conversations and writing this book, what have you, how are you feeling, I guess, about the, about the future? I want to be really clear about that because it is a very heavy book. Um, it, there's a lot that's there that can make you really feel sad, but the overall message and there is a tone to it that is very powerful. Like I'm very optimistic. I mean, I met amazing women with amazing skills who I think have different visions for what our future looks like. And so I just can't wait for them to have full voice and full space to, you know, share those ideas and make it become a reality. My work is women of color, but work isn't working for anybody. Like I use that line everywhere, you know, and we need to remake work so that it works for all. And I think if there was ever a time to change it, not just for women of color, but for everybody, it's now. So I'm very optimistic. Um, and I think that, you know, I already see change happening. I think this feels like a prime moment to undo some of the history, some of the narratives, some of the indoctrination that we've had that just doesn't work for us anymore. Canva presents unexplained appearances. It was an ordinary workday until... That presentation appeared out of thin air. Also, it's eerily on brand. Wait, did that agenda just write itself? Words appear, making this unexplainable case... Unexplainable? It's Canva's AI tools. I can generate slides and words in seconds. Really? <clears throat> the real mystery is why I'm only learning this now. Canva.com. Designed for work. Support for TED Business comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedbusiness. Odoo, modern management made simple. So we know how important and powerful being our true selves at work is, but how do we get comfortable doing so? Deepa mentioned one woman who wanted to bring her black art to the office, but really struggled with whether or not she should do this because she didn't want to highlight her differences. Those feelings are valid, and there's actually a concept that captures what she experienced. It's called covering. 
1963, sociologist Irving Goffman noted how individuals with known stigmatized identities, things like physical disabilities or mental illness, made a great effort to keep the stigma from looming large. They essentially downplayed aspects of their identity to be more mainstream. They covered. More recently, in 2013, Deloitte conducted a survey of over 3,000 individuals from all over the U.S., different industries, races, genders, and sexual orientations to gain greater insight into how this concept of covering shows up today. They found that 61% of respondents said that they covered some part of their identity at work. If all of this has you curious about what covering actually looks like, here's what you should know. There's appearance-based covering, which includes how you dress or do your hair. I mean, I know some of you listening dye your hair so you look younger. That's appearance-based covering. There's affiliation-based covering, which is about avoiding behaviors associated with an identity you're trying to hide, like hiding your pregnancy for months out of fear that you won't be viewed as committed to the company. There's also advocacy-based covering, that's how much you stick up for a group associated with one of your identities. Like for me, as a black woman, potentially tempering how much I advocate for a black or woman candidate out of fear that I'll be viewed as biased. And finally, association-based covering, which is when you avoid interacting with people who share the same identity as you. Look, I've always been a member of the Black Employee Resource Group. It's an identity that matters a lot to me. But let's just say there are people who look like me who are not part of these groups for whatever reason. So given these four types of covering, is there one that really resonates with you? Is there an aspect of yourself that you minimize at work but that truly matters to you? What would it take for you to bring that part of yourself to work? Let's face it, most of us are covering something. And maybe there's a role you can play to create a more inclusive environment in your organization. One where you and others feel more comfortable bringing all aspects of yourself to the table. Because are we really helping anyone by hiding? I don't think so. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Kiara Powell and fact-checked by Matias Salas. Special thanks to Anna Phelan, Michelle Quint, Corey Hagem, and Colin Helms. I'm Madhupa Akinola. Talk to you again next week.